Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kimar Roach, and I listen to the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another edition, another episode of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. I'm one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt. And, you know, as I record this, it's the 4th of January, 2024. And I'd been meaning to do this episode, obviously, on the 1st of January. But because we did the 2023 award show on the 1st, it just meant there had to be a, a minor delay. But the episode is still relevant because West Indies aren't playing cricket at the moment. There's no real domestic cricket going on at the moment. Um, a lot of the players are in um, regional camps in their territories ahead of the start of the first class season. Obviously, the players who are going to be playing the test um, series against Australia are already in Australia. Uh, the under-19s, West Indies men's under-19s are getting ready for their trip to South Africa for their World Cup journey, etc. So what I just wanted to do, um, and, and I did the same thing last year. So if you go back into our archives, you'll be able to find the 2023 version of this particular episode. But I wanted to kind of just look ahead, as you kind of do, you know, like if you if you have a podcast, it's important to look ahead uh, to 2024 and, you know, just do a kind of resolutions, do a resolution show. So what I did earlier on is I wrote down Straight off my dome. I didn't want to overthink this one. I didn't want to overplan this one because I think if we talk about the notion of goals and resolutions, it's got to be the things that immediately come to mind. I didn't want to deep dive into my head and go, what do I really want to see in an ideal world? I kind of also wanted to be realistic. Uh, so I wrote down the first set of things that came to mind. And in the end, I settled on eight. I settled on eight things that I wanted to see um, happen by the end of 2024, or at least the process is put in place to make this be realistic um, within the realms of 2024 or certainly for the start of 2025. So, so bear with me. These are my eight resolutions slash wishes for West Indies cricket. And when I say West Indies cricket, I mean men's, women's, boys, girls, age groups, A-team, all of that, all of that, right? Territorial cricket, etc. 
So these are my eight wishes and resolutions. Let me know what you think as ever in the comments below. You can see on the ticker tape where you can find uh, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. If you'd like to support the Caribbean Cricket Podcast as ever, you should know by now, but just head to um, www, just on the screen, uh, .patreon.com forward slash Caribbean Cricket if you'd like to contribute to helping the show stay on the road, so to speak. So anyways, resolution number one. The first uh, wish for 2024, and it should always be, no matter what year this happens, it should always be the number one wish. And the number one wish is that across 2024, we see progress on the pitch. Forget off the pitch, on the pitch, we see progress. Now, all of the different age group teams are effectively playing this year. For those who don't know, West Indies in tests um, or the West Indies men's senior side, sorry, this is their engagements for the year ahead. Australia, two tests, three ODIs, three T20s. Um, South Africa at home, three T20s. Then it's the T20 World Cup. England away, three test matches. South Africa at home, two tests and five T20s. Sri Lanka away, three ODIs, three T20s. England at home, three ODIs, three T20s. Bangladesh at home two test matches, three ODIs, three T20s. All of this could be subject to change. Given how ram and jam-packed the, inter uh, the cricket calendar is every year, just because that's what the itinerary says doesn't mean that that's how it's going to go down um, across the whole year. If For those of you who know, uh, the West Indies were supposed to be playing Pakistan after Australia. We were supposed to go to Pakistan. However, that has already been moved courtesy of Pakistan putting more um, importance on PSL and so on and so forth. So, like I say, things are subject to change. The women, senior women's team, they have Pakistan away, three ODIs, five T20s. Sri Lanka away, three ODIs, three T20s. Then it's the T20 World Cup, women's T20 World Cup. And then India away, three ODIs, three T20s. The under-19 men's team have a World Cup starting in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm not sure about any other international level cricket after that, but we obviously in the immediate horizon, they've got an under-19 World Cup. The Academy, West Indies Academy, will be touring Ireland in May. I hope to be there for that, um, as well as they'll be taking part in the first-class championship, which is due to start next month, and the Super 50, obviously, at the end of the year as well. And same for the combined campuses and colleges team. Uh, I believe there will be some A-team cricket this year, but it's yet to be confirmed who our opponents will be. Um, so that we would assume there will be some A-team cricket as well. So when I talk about a resolution and a wish, I just want to see progress. Now, progress to me doesn't mean West Indies must win series. I mean, that would be great progress. I more see it as incremental progress. So we could lose some series, but we could win some. And to me, incremental progress is defined as are the, are the respective teams in a better place at the end of the year, overall speaking, than they were at the beginning of the year? So, for example, um, the women's cricket team, senior team, was in a better place at the end of the year by than how they started the year. We won, an, we won away in Australia. Like, come on, that's already an incremental uh, progress achievement point, right? Um, the, the men's limited oversight ended the year by beating, winning three T20 series in a row, right? They beat England in an ODI series. So when we talk about progress on the pitch, I mean, when you when you take stock at the end of 2024, have we had some incremental improvement? 
for the men's senior side, it will be difficult because their test series this year, Australia away, South Africa at home, England away. It is conceivable that they don't win any test matches this year. But incremental progress for the West Indies would be, do you know what? It would be winning a test at home versus South Africa. That would be incremental progress. Last time they came here, we lost 2-0. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't get anywhere close to them last time they came to the Caribbean. Um, England away, we've won a test match in England on our last two visits to England. In the COVID year, 2020 and 2017, uh, 2017, we won a test. We lost the series 2-1 both times, but we won a test. Obviously, we've beaten them in the Caribbean. So that wouldn't necessarily be progress to win a test in England. I think it'll be very hard for them to do it this time around with the whole baseball thing. But I think I'd be earmarking that South Africa series as one where they could show some incremental improvement. Obviously, Bangladesh at home, you would assume that they go into that as favourites and would win. But we will see. White ball cricket, we've shown incremental improvement in 2023. The key is to just continue it. Under-19 World Cup, we've got to be competitive. I think last time out in 2022, we finished, what, 10th or 11th? Anything better than 10th and 11th is incremental progress for me. So that's wish number one. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't say the the women, the T20 World Cup again. What did we, what? Oh, I'd like to see us overachieve. And overachieve would mean would mean to beat one of the four member nations who, who are technically ahead of us on paper. And I think we could. We saw what we did in Australia. When things click for this T20 uh, senior side, usually when Haley and Stefani do something, if we could, if we could, Deandra Dotton, if you're listening, come back into the fold, Deandra. It's not too late. Um, they could overachieve the West Indies women's team. So that would be incremental progress for them. All of our series this year are away. So winning some, winning in Pakistan, winning in Sri Lanka, winning some matches in India, all incremental progress. Anyways, ter- um, uh, resolution number two. I would like to see the individual territories in the Caribbean step up and take responsibility. And when I say responsibility, I mean real responsibility for development in their territories. Stop all of this easy. The cop-out in, in, in West Indies cricket is to blame Cricket West Indies. It's to blame the president. It's to blame the director of cricket. It's to blame the CEO. I want every single stakeholder in West Indies cricket to hold truth to power, right? But um, not that doesn't mean go after Kishore Shallow. To me, that means go after your territorial um, president. So Jamaicans, get on Billy Heaven's back. Barbadians, get on Conde Riley's back. Uh, Trinis, get on Basaraf's back. The people who run cricket in your territories Hold them to account. What are you doing to improve cricket in the territory? Now, Basaraf could easily turn around to Trinis and say, well, you know what? I've just started at the time of recording. There is an under-23s 50-over competition going on in Trinidad, specifically for under-23 talent. That's a developmental competition. I respect that. Every single territory should be doing the same. Why aren't they? Hold them to account. So my resolution, one of my resolutions and wishes for this year is that territories do more. Stop looking at Cricket West Indies to give you money. And then when we ask you what you're doing with the money, you ain't doing you ain't doing jack shit. What is stopping the Jamaica cricket team touring Trinidad? 
What is stopping Barbados touring the Leeward Islands? What is stopping them playing against each other and using their funding to do under-19 tours as a developmental progress? What is stopping them sourcing their own funding to, 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 to build and develop academies in their territories? That's my resolution. Step up and do something. Do something and make sure that when you do something, it's joined up thinking that helps West Indies cricket prosper. Resolution number three. Chris Brabazon has now returned to Australia after doing three and a half years, four years of stellar work upskilling um, coaching around the region. Uh, the number of level three, level two, level one coaches that we now have in the region is significantly higher than what it was before Chris Brabazon uh, took on that role as coach development uh, manager. If you haven't listened to the episode we did with Chris Brabazon, it's about two years old now, but you can go back into Spotify, Apple, or on YouTube, whatever you prefer, to go back and listen to our episode with Chris Brabazon. We, he's, he's done his job. He's upskilled a significant amount of coaches within the region. Obviously, West Indies now need to develop on that. They need to appoint somebody to carry on that work. If it's an international, if it's an overseas person, so be it, just as long as someone who's qualified to do the job. But what I would like to see this year is that same level of attention and detail that was given to coach development, I want to see given to pitch development. We cannot, we cannot hope to improve the quality of cricketers within the region if the quality of the pitches in the region remains so low. Though the, it, it said add in for Nightum in the region that the pitches aren't good enough to encourage top run scoring or to encourage uh, even contest between bat and ball. I would like to see West Indies cricket create a genuine, I wanted to say task force, but that's not the word, but a genuine kind of, um, what do I want to say here? They need to create some kind of faculty within the Cricket West Indies structure that is completely dedicated to upskilling curators, making curatorship, is that a word? But making it a job that's well-paid and worthwhile and then going around the region and ensuring all the pitches or as many of the pitches as they can are maximised to the best quality that they can be within reason. Start first and foremost with the international grounds and work downwards from there. Resolution number four. Um, yesterday, well, at the time of recording, uh, Crick Westin has released, uh, there was a press release about the fact there was going to be a selection overhaul or a review of the selection process. Needless to say, selection in the West Indies has been flawed for a long time. Um, and how we go about selecting people to be selectors, um, how selectors justify the decisions they make, all of it has been flawed for a long time, right? So Roland Butcher has been announced that Roland Butcher's contract has not been renewed, so he isn't a selector anymore. Uh, Travis Dowling's no longer a selector. He was the assistant selector for the women's team. Robert Haynes is no longer a selector. He, I think he was interim for the under-19s, uh, which leaves Desmond Haynes and the respective head coaches, and I guess the captains of those teams will have a bit of say as well. I hope that whatever they do, Miles Bascom and Cole, whatever they do around this selection review process, that whoever, because I'm assuming that Desmond Haynes will not be selector after the T20 World Cup, whatever follows next is robust. And whoever they 
whatever that selection committee, so the key head selector, lead selector, whatever it might be, whatever it's in, whatever it is envisaged to be going forwards from about July in the middle of the year onwards, the it is transparent and robust and stands up to scrutiny within the Caribbean. Um, I've I've joked for what the last two years uh, I'm going to apply to be a selector in West Indies cricket. And I'm not even joking, you know, as soon as I know what the selection process is, I'm applying. Obviously I don't expect to be, to get anywhere with it, but I'm going to apply because my argument is that in the four years or three and a half years, whatever it is that the Caribbean cricket podcast has existed, I have given a better rationale for every selection that I've ever suggested than the selectors themselves have given. That's my personal opinion. Obviously, it sounds biased, but I genuinely believe that we give a better rationale on this show than selectors do. And if I can do that and I'm not even involved in Cricket West Indies, then something is fundamentally wrong with our processes of choosing selectors within the region. If you want to get me involved, uh, Miles, you know where I am. Hit me up. Uh, resolution number five. I hope that Cricket West Indies continue under Kishore Shallow the significant amount of overhaul that has happened since he became president. Again, if you'd like to kind of get to understand Kishore a bit more, we've actually had Kishore on the show twice. Once when he was vice president and essentially president of the Windward Islands Cricket Board. Again, that's in our archives. You can go listen to it on audio platforms or on the YouTube platforms. And then we obviously did the the kind of live face-to-face um, interview myself and Santoki when Kishore was in London this summer. And again, that's a that's a brilliant episode. Go and watch that one as well. That's the best episode we've probably done in terms of professionalism, in terms of how we've produced it. That was live filmed. Uh, I got my guy, big up my guy, Dumi, who came in and did all the filming around that. And it looked proper. It looked proper. It was a proper professional setup. Um, we're versatile out here, right? Anyways, Kishore has meant business from day one as far as I'm concerned. I think Kishore's looked at every aspect of West Indies cricket off the field with, I think he's scrutinised it really effectively. And a lot of this overhaul that you're seeing is how Cricket West Indies should have been run for the longest while. Run it as a business. Yes, obviously it's a public interest. It's got... Um, a keen public interest across the Caribbean, but we've got to make ruthless decisions. Bun, I know that politics comes first before cricket in the region. Like every cricket decision is almost a political decision. But I think that what Kishore has tried to do, this is my personal opinion, what Kishore has tried to do since becoming uh, Cricket West Indies president is slowly but surely try and professionalise how Cricket West Indies is run and trying to remove the cronyism and the kind of politicization of cricketing decisions within the region. I think Kishore has tried to apply a notion of, does this make financial sense? How is this beneficial to cricket? And where he's getting answers where it's like, this is not beneficial to our cricketing development to continue in this way, he's tried to make changes. Where he feels people are not up to scratch and that they're almost like cost-benefit analysis, what you bring to us within the the structures of the organisation is not beneficial, I think he's made difficult decisions. And he said, you know what, you need to go. Where people like Conde Riley are moving reckless and they want to leak information to Mason and Guess, leak information to favoured journalists and undermine the whole setup, 
Kishore has sent them letters and admonished them and said, do your job properly. You are not behaving in a manner that befits the cultures and values of the organization. That's how you run a business. That's how you, whether it's a public good or not, that's how you run a business. So more power to how I think Kishore wants to go about things. Um, people cussed him out from, for the decision that ended up with Sammy being um, head coach. Are people cussing about Sammy now? All right. Make difficult decisions and defend them with chest. Speak about them with chest. And that way, when people or when people start to um, hold you to account or say, have you been doing a good job? You can clearly say, I said this with chess. Now look at the results. Was it the right decision? Yes. OK, shut your mouth. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, resolution number six, <laughs> T20s and West Indies representation. So we've just had a tour. We're just in the midst of or about to begin a tour of Australia. Um, lots of players said they're not playing test cricket. They're not going there to play test cricket. Holder said no. King said no. Hope said no. Bravo. Well, Bravo's got his own beef going on. And that was seen as a bit of the, that was seen as the next, um, Carl Mayer said no, that was seen as the next seminal turning point in West Indies cricket. I still believe, and call me naive, it's a resolution at the end of the day, it's a wish. I still believe that it is possible for the, the key stakeholders in Cricket West Indies, and if that means it's the selector's role and the head coach's role or whatever, so be it. I still believe that there is uh, it's a it's a very dwindling window, but there is still a window to approach this situation a lot better than we have. No one is denying these players their right to go and make to go and to earn their earn their food and eat their food and get the big bag. No one can deny that. Cricket, any sports career is a short career, and man have to eat, man have to take care of their village, their community, their families, and live comfy. Can't deny anyone that. But there is a better man management ensures that when you get to things like a tour of Australia, it doesn't look embarrassing from a public perspective when you come to a press conference and say, well, boy, my man says he's not playing. Next man says he's not playing either. My man over here says he's not playing. What I would love to know is this. How long ago did you know my man weren't going to play in Australia? Did you only find out about three weeks before when you decided to come and now select the squads? Because my argument is simple. Plan your year ahead. If you have a couple or three or four or five or six T20 guys that you know are generally speaking in the pool of players available for test cricket and you want to get them involved, sit down with them at the start of the year and tell them that. So you see Brandon King. Okay, Brandon's opted out of Australia. 
If I'm a selector, Miles, you listening? Let me drink my juice. Miles, Johnny, Kishore, Sammy, Desi, everyone, you listening? Listen to what I'm saying right now. This is how I approach it with Brandon King. I don't ring Brandon King's phone. I don't ring Brandon King's agent. I don't ring them and say, can we have a conversation? I ring them and I say, Brandon, I know obviously I know Brandon's agent's name, but like, let's leave it right. Brandon, Brandon's agent, check this. I'm coming to Jamaica. When are you available in the next month to a month and a half? I'm going to fly to Jamaica. Let's sit down. Can we go Usain Bolt's tracks and records in Constant Spring? Can we go? Can we sit down and, and have, hold the meds and have a conversation? I go to tracks and, tracks and records now. And I say to Brandon King and his agent, check this. I am going to select you to tour England. I am going to select you to play at home versus South Africa. I am going to select you to play at home versus Bangladesh. You're in those squads regardless. I want you in them. Brandon then says to that, what, rah, you know ahead of time that you're going to select me for them. I'm in. Because Brandon then knows, because Brandon wants to play test cricket. Don't get twisted. Brandon then knows, right, Desi, uh, Andre, Cole, um, Andre Coley have come to me and they've said, you know what? This is our year. We already know we want you in the squads, right? Plan your T20 commitments around that because we want you to ride and die with us. Brandon then can say, cool, I'm not, nothing's up in the air. I'm not waiting three weeks before to maybe get a phone call from Desi to say, do you want to come to Australia? I know seven months ahead of time, they're going to pick me for the England tour, South Africa tour, Bangladesh tour. They're giving me a run. Tell me if that don't make more sense. Tell me if that don't make more sense. And by the way, I'm saying the same thing to Nicholas Puran. And if Puran then turns around to me and says, boy, you know what, Mash? Love for that. Love for that. I'm so, I'm so grateful that you're considering me, but hear this. I don't want to play any test cricket. Then we're cool. Then we're cool. Because from the start of the year, Puran said to me, you know what? I'm not really interested in that. We don't have to have no more conversation about that. That's how it would... If I'm being simplistic, tell me I'm being simplistic. But isn't that how it should run? We don't have the resources. We don't have the wide talent pool to ring a man three weeks before tournament starts and says, you playing any T20 cricket or are you available? The, the way the market is working, you need to forward plan. You need to know, a, with the West Indies market and the kind of global T20 market, we now need to know a year in advance who are, who's in our pool of players? We can't be waiting for who does well in the first class championship and then say, well, boy, now let's pick our test squad. Because certain players ain't going to play the first class championship or they're not going to be able to play all games in it. So think outside the MFing box. That's my resolution. Resolution number seven. So. I was privy to the fact that about actually when CPL was happening last year, I was told that there was already discussions going on about 
holding another T20 tournament, but just for Caribbean players. Um, because, and again, those of you who kind of watched our CPL content this year, I did enough videos where I said CPL are in big, big trouble because the stars of CPL are still the same goats and stars from when CPL started in terms of Caribbean um, players. And they haven't, if CPL's being realistic, they haven't developed enough homegrown players where you can say, come watch CPL because we've got this guy. The biggest stars in CPL are still your Pollards, your Narines, your Bravos, etc. right? Okay, yes, your Purans, but there's not enough homegrown West Indian talent that will draw eyes to the product. So I was told at CPL last year that there was already conversations going on about we need a Caribbean T20. As I understand it at this juncture, and obviously this isn't, I'm not saying this is true, but my understanding is that CPL will run that tournament on behalf of Cricket West Indies. I don't know how the revenue share and split will go. I don't know if it's going to be something that they can sell to like TNT Sports or whatever. But what I do know is that it is long overdue a Caribbean T20. So my resolution for this is that they get it on the way this year. I don't want to hear that it's starting in 2025. Let's, let's hopefully hear that it's starting this year. Whatever happened to the 60, by the way? Anyways, the last resolution, this one's, this one, I want Cricket West Indies to start the process for it with a view to it happening maybe in 2025. But it kind of links to, to my resolu my second resolution. We need under-23s cricket in the region, and we need it desperately. And let me explain why. We have an under-19 World Cup that's happening in a couple of weeks, right, or starting in a couple of weeks. You saw our recent episode with Stefan Pascal, the captain, and uh, Nathan Seeley, the vice-captain. Jordan Johnson is getting a lot of press. He's the star player in the team, the Jamaican. Uh, Nathan Edward, Jewel Andrew. If you lot don't know about Jewel Andrew out of the Leeward Islands, look out for him, um, etc. But here's the problem, right? Let's say, let's just use Stefan Pascal as an example, right? Dominican can represent the Wimmer Islands. Let's say after this World Cup um, happens, right? Pascal plays zero games for um, anybody in the first class championship. So Wimmer Islands don't pick him. He's not in the West Indies Academy, so he doesn't get picked there. What cricket does Stefan Pascal then play after that World Cup? until Super 50. Yes, he'll play some club cricket in Dominica. Yes, he might play in a couple of Wynwood Island-based tournaments, so he'll play for the Dominica senior side, I would assume, right? But because there's no representative under-23 cricket, so I would love, in an ideal world, I would love an under-23s West Indies first-class championship. Or I would love territories to accept, similar to what Basraf has done in Trinidad, that we need under-23s championships because there's no natural step up for the best under-19 players, right? Here's an example, people, right? Let me let me show you a lot something. Uh, let me show you something. I, I should have had this up beforehand, but I only just thought to, to say this now, right? Uh, da, 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 da. let's see if I can find it. Here we go. Right. So let me just give you some names. Can I find the squads? Bear with me. I should really have had this up before. Right. This is the West Indies under 19 squad for the World Cup 
two years ago. Remember, this was in the Caribbean, right? I'm going to just go down the list and how many of these players are playing for their representative side. Um, so most of these players now are 20, 21, 22, right? Akeem August, yes. Giovante Depi... I'll never get his surname right. Depizer? De, De I can't remember. De Anyways, apologies, Javante. No. Anaji Amory? No. Teddy Bishop? Yes. Carlin Bowen Tuckett? He's in the academy? Yes. Jaden Carmichael? We've seen him in some CPL stuff. Uh, McKenny Clark? Yes. Rivaldo Clark? Mm. Yes slash no. Jordan Johnson? Yes. Johan Lane? Yes, he's in the academy. Anderson Mahase? No. Unless, did he play in the combined counties? Uh, combined counties, combined campuses and colleges. Matthew Nandu, Guyana, have picked him up. Shaka uh, Shakiri Paris was in the combined campuses and colleges team. Shiva Sankar, no. Isaiah Thorne, um, he's in the academy, right? The reserve players, Anderson Amadan, can't remember. Nathan Edward, he's on the cusp, I think, of um, the Wimmer Islands team. Andel Gordon, no. Vasant Singh, no. Kevin Wickham, Barbados have picked him up, right? That's the under-19 World Cup team from two years ago, right? Shouldn't it be a case that every single one of those players should be involved in some kind of senior setup somewhere, even if it was West Indies Academy? And yes, a player can drop off, a player can fall off. But the fact is, I just went through that list and I think off the top of my head, no more than 60% of them or maybe 55% of them have stepped up to the next level. And, and even that depends on if you think West Indies Academy is the next level. So do you see what I'm talking about? So my wish um, or resolution for 2024 is what's the next step? We need an under 23s next step for those players who don't necessarily get a West Indies Academy pick aren't getting picked up by their regional franchise side. So therefore, there's a gap in their cricket. We can't rely on club cricket to help them. It's a resolution. Listen, people, that was eight resolutions for 2024, wishes for 2024. Get at me in the comments below. How many of them do you think are realistic? What's your take on it? Is there something that you think I'm missing? Um, do you know what? Sorry, I missed the ninth one. Apologies. The ninth one, sorry, my apologies, because I, it technically is included um, in the territory stuff, but I have to make it explicit because not everybody will think like this. My ninth one is, and I'm linking it back to the territories, which was resolution number two, everybody needs to do more to invest and develop women's cricket. So you know how I said for resolution number two that kudos to Basaraf, there's an under-23s tournament happening right now in, in Trinidad. What is every territory doing for women's cricket? I know Barbados, with the help of the Barbados Royals or the Royals franchise, uh, they had that big thing with Hayley Matthews and developing women's and girls' cricket uh, in Barbados. But when you go from territory to territory to territory, forget Cricket West Indies, forget the kind of senior stage, what's happening on a territorial stage? So I'm making it explicit that I'm talking about women's and girls' cricket and increasing funding and development, but it actually ties to issue number two. What are the territories doing? Stop looking. Everyone stop looking at Cricket West Indies and trying to blame what I call the straw man and saying, it's them. It's their fault. You can't look at Cricket West Indies first. You always have to look at territories first and say, but what's my own territory doing? 
Billy Heaven, you listening? You listening? Jamaica cricket fans, you listening? What's Billy Heaven done for women's cricket in Jamaica? Tell me, please. Tell me. Forget forget men's and boys, which is dead enough as it is. What's he done for women's cricket in Jamaica? And then this man saying that he wants to he wants to run another term. Come out of the job, man. Come out of the job. Hold these people to account. My name is Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. That's my 2024 wishes and resolutions for West Indies cricket. If you think I've missed something out, by all means, get in the comments below. If you're listening to this on the audio um, platforms, hopefully I put this up sometime soon, then, um, yeah, thank you. Remember to rate, review, like, share, subscribe, all of that, all of that, all of that. And stay locked in for some more content. We're always here. Peace. Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.